and welcome to season two of On the Outskirts. With me, Sophia Rosemary and Alice Catherine. Thank you for tuning in to our final festive episode of series two. With Christmas right around the corner, we wanted to dedicate the show notes of this conversation to some really incredible charities that are making life as comfortable as possible for those without a place to call home or access to food and essentials this winter. For instance, Shelter, who help millions of people every year suffering with homelessness, and Crisis, who help homeless people rebuild their lives and offer support catered to each individual's circumstances. We've also linked the Choose Love shop again because refugees continue to be some of the most vulnerable people in the world right now, especially this year. Choose Love let you pick essentials for those surviving in refugee camps under tough conditions, so anything you can spare, if you're able to, of course, is more important now than ever. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm feeling really giddy because we're recording kind of a bit later on in the day and it's gone dark outside and it feels a bit like a sleepover. <laughs> it feels very festive, doesn't it? For our yeah, it does. <laughs> um, how are you? I'm good, yeah. I think I think I'm starting to unwind a bit from the year and from the sort of Christmas um rush. Um, feeling quite organised. I've got most of my Christmas shopping done. I've even started my wrapping, which is unheard of at this point. <laughs> um, and yeah, I've pretty much finished like my big projects of the year and I'm just sort of looking forward to some time off now, I think. What about you? Um, uh, no, I'm kind of, in terms of like Christmas organ- being organisedness, um, <laughs> I'm with you on that. Like, I bought all my presents, they're all wrapped, they're under our tree. I'm like good to go, which is a little bit unsettling because I actually feel like I forgot something somewhere along the way. But um, would you say you're a good wrapper or is it something you dread every year? It's something I have really um, high expectations for myself. And then after about one present, I realise how much I hate doing it and it puts me in a really bad mood. Do you find that there's certain people that you'll go the extra mile for? Like I always, my mum's presents always look drastically (laughs) different to Sam's. They've got like bows, tags. (laughs) My mum's is so true. My mum's presents this year have like little sprigs of of, like a Christmas tree on them. (laughs) Joe's like just wrapped in any old like 99p wrapping paper <laughs> yeah like oh you'll be opening it in a few seconds it's not worth it <laughs> I, I think I'm ready to it's a weird one though isn't it because I think this year we won't be celebrating as much as we normally do and so it's hard to know how much I can look forward to the Christmas period do you feel like that or do you feel like I know I'm just done I'm ready to relax um I'm just ready to I think the one thing I'm looking forward to is the fact that I, I won't need to be on the internet for a few weeks and to just, I mean, I can if I want to, but there's no pressure to because it's not a working period. Um, and just to have some nice long walks and just not kind of um, plan my day around like internet stuff, basically, because yeah. we're pretty much all year round, aren't we? And I think sometimes the hardest thing is actually stepping away and having a proper sort of little digital detox. I mean, every year I say I'm going to have a solid two weeks off um Instagram and I never do (laughs) um but I guess just not having that pressure to post is nice yeah in terms of like 
actual Christmas, it's going to be a lot different. I think normally we'd go to my uncle's because he has quite a big dining room. So we normally go to whoever's house can have the most family members there, which obviously is not going to happen this year. So it'll just be a quiet one at my mum's, I think. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm still looking forward to it. I think it'll be nice. I'm excited for um, Christmas dinner. Yeah, oh, yeah. My favourite meals. <laughs> Honestly, like I've already really started to build myself up for Christmas dinner. The only thing is because I quit eating pork, didn't I, last last Christmas? Well, last New Year. And pigs and blankets are basically the ultimate thing on a Christmas dinner, in my humble opinion. So this year I'm a bit like... But they're also the easiest thing to get right when it comes to vegetarian options. Like sausages in general are like the easiest, aren't they, to get right? True. This is very, very true. Um, there's a lot of hype about, I don't know if you've tried them yourself yet, the Richmond vegetarians. I can't track them down. It's like gold dust. I keep saying to Sam, like, please, can you look for these when you go to Sainsbury's? <laughs> After, they have them in our, next yeah. time Joe gets it, Joe's been like seeking them out and next time he gets some, I'll get you a box. <laughs> Fair. I reckon that the original ones probably don't have much meat in them anyway. So that's why <laughs> that's they taste exactly the same. For sure. Like, we're all really shocked like oh my god Richmond's have done these fake sausages and they're great and it's like wow they've yeah. kind of been a master on it <laughs> yeah. no offense to Richmond's because they are a delicious sausage <laughs> <laughs> yeah please sponsor us <laughs> um what are you doing for actual Christmas day are you hosting or are you going to family or no so I think my mum is on her own and so I always go to her for Christmas tea um so I th- and so there's no real need for that to change this year and yeah that's it that's all I've really got planned I've not I've not really thought beyond beyond that beyond my Christmas dinner no, and I think the weirdest part is going to be um New Year's like New Year's Eve yeah. it's just going to feel so bizarre isn't it I think I'll feel quite emotional because it feels like a I don't know is there not a part of you right so I don't like New Year that much um so there's a part of me that's a bit like Oh no, New Year's Eve is cancelled, boo-hoo, see <laughs> It will be nice because I think, you know, unless the rules change, change um, majority of people will just be at home or with like a few members of like family or friends, whatever. Um, but no, I'm totally the same. Like I think was always, I always have this big expectation where I'm like, oh, I'm going to put like a sparkly dress on and be dancing on a dance floor somewhere by the time it hits midnight and I'll be the perfect amount of drunk and it never, ever happens that way. 2019 New Year's Eve is kind of proof that these big expectations we have for the new year are completely bogus because can you look back at us on 2019 new year's eve we'll all have been there like woohoo let's ring in this fabulous new year and then it was like three months later yeah nope (laughs) i think we're through the worst of it though which i feel happy about and i think there is something i'm not naive in thinking you know that just because the calendar changes that everything's going to be different and better but i I think anything's going to be better than this year surely like I think we're through the thick of it now and it it, there is something about like starting again at the beginning of the year that feels quite nice and hopefully we'll have a much better sort of summer period than we have this year I don't know how much is going to go ahead it depends how this vaccine's rolled out doesn't it and how effective that is and stuff like that but completely and I think it's it's kind of the news of the vaccine sort of in the last few weeks couldn't come at a better timing really could it because it kind of does ring in the new year and it kind of does give you a sense of hope for the new year which 
up until sort of like beginning of November, I just didn't have like I was very much one of those people who was like 2000 and mm. 2021 is going to be no different. It's just going to be, you know, a complete write off. Whereas now I'm a bit more like, oh, actually, maybe. So I guess all, all we can do is remain hopeful and positive. Um, and just kind of taking each week as it comes, which I think is basically my my kind of thoughts on Christmas as well. Yeah, it's been impossible to plan ahead this year, hasn't it? And in some ways, like that's very that's like very natural to me to plan ahead. It sort of keeps me sane in some ways. So yeah. I think having to learn like new coping mechanisms and the fact that we can't even look sometimes the, the next two days ahead has been quite a good quite a hard lesson for me to learn but like quite a quite a good one I think to just try and live in the moment a little bit more yeah no definitely and I think like we were talking about this before we started recording about how for our jobs like it's quite a challenging time of year anyway because there's barely any sunlight with us being in the north there's barely any good weather and then on top of that there's just like these restrictions so it does it it can grind you down and it can feel really some it's actually quite liberating to think oh well actually do you know what I can't really make any plans I know god it's probably just as well there's not any sunlight because this year has done me dirty like <laughs> I do you know you just feel like the worst version of yourself I've got my last <laughs> the last haircut of the year next week I think and it could not come sooner I'm oh, just god. at that point where I've got Lord Fardquad kind of it's like not it's not it's not really a bob anymore but then it's not a long haircut so I'm like oh it's a lob and I just don't know what to do with it you know when you're like should I just go really really short or should I keep it a bit longer so I can tie it up because I'm quite enjoying just like clipping it up at the minute but first world problems (laughs) perpetual problem of someone with a bob I feel you know it is that thing of do I let it grow out so I can tie it up or do I just stick to the the bob vibes it's a it's a tough call been watching any good tv or any nice christmas films what have you been watching in the evenings so what have i been doing with my time um (laughs) so um i have there's quite a few good films on at the minute so i re-watched emma which Mm -hmm. into now tv which i saw at the um at the cinema (laughs) cinema (laughs) cinemas are such a distant memory i forgot how to even pronounce it um which is kind of like a feast for the year. Have you seen Emma? Yeah, I watched it at the uh, Everyman Theatre near me when it came out. Um, and then <laughs> just as I got up at the end, dropped my popcorn everywhere. And it went all over to the person like next to me, all over the floor. And I was like scooping up all this popcorn, just being like, I'm, I'm so sorry. How <laughs> did you have popcorn left? I don't, it was, a, I'm not a big popcorn fan, you know, which might oh, surprise right. you. Wow. Okay, um, yeah. It gets stuck in my throat a bit, like stuck in my teeth. I find it's like after a handful, I'm like, no, this is boring. <laughs> See, me and Joe are like, like what I imagine like two raccoons in a, a dustbin would be like. Like we're like, <laughs> you know, like I'm Fantastic Mr. Fox and the eat yeah. and the like. That's what me and Joe are like with popcorn. No, I think I prefer. I always used to get like nachos or. I'm much more of a savoury person when it comes down to it. I think, oh, pick and mix. I love a good pick and mix. I think there's just something about the popcorn that's a bit tedious it's the same taste over and over again I don't it's also look of the drawer if you get a really delicious sweet one or if you get a really rubbish one but some you know what that's the thrill of it for me but <laughs> <laughs> sorry we've digressed loads so yes I re-watched Emma because 
as you do too um I love a good period drama um and it just it was kind of I saw it was on now tv and I was like yes that is exactly what I'm after it's just a feast on the eyes um and just a really like fluffy light-hearted watching if you need something to sort of brighten up an evening um have you have there any films that you've been watching that you care to share um yeah the wealth <laughs> i started to try and watch a few christmas films because i wasn't feeling very festive um and we got the projector out so we sort of set it up in the bedroom so that we can use it like we're quite lucky in this flat in the sense that we've got big white walls with high ceilings so it's like perfect canvas for a projector so I've set it up like positioned it perfectly so we've just trying to been we've kind of tried to watch a Christmas film every night and we watched um we watched The Grinch the other night which is obviously like a classic um and then we also watched Nativity that I've never watched before have you have you seen it it's so odd I kind of always overlooked it because I was like oh it just looks a bit naff and it was honestly one of the most endearing films I've ever seen I was like this is amazing there's like five of them though isn't there but I think the first one the main one that people talk about yeah my my um opinion would be don't go past two so two's also all right and then after that it's like yeah they lose me a bit on it but yeah no it's a really and you're right it does get overlooked but it's so heartwarming and so funny it is so I don't know if it's because it's got loads of like school children in it and I was just a bit like no not for me (laughs) (laughs) but it was honestly so cute it was so good it was almost like it's got that kind of love actually humor that I really like um that kind of British humor or a bit awkward really like a a wholesome way to spend a Christmas evening yeah it was really cute speaking of can I tell you this is really geeky but me and Joe the last few nights oh I don't know what this is going to make people think of us um but we've just been getting in Joe's car and driving around and looking at Christmas lights (laughs) no I love that it's yeah a good thing to do yeah so another wholesome way to see you could you could go and do that drive around in your car look at some Christmas lights and then go and watch the nativity and honestly I feel like it will warm your heart or even I love like long drives like I always used to make my mum go like the long way around and stuff you know like if you're listening to the radio and it's like a really good station or there's something really nice about being and Christmassy about being in the car and just cozy and like it's cold outside and it's just a bit kind of like you tucked up indoors kind of thing yeah speaking of watching things can we talk about the ending of the undoing because oh yeah because we've mentioned it quite a bit haven't we yeah yeah I thought it was a bit predictable yeah I was like a bit conflicted like disappointed and yet thought it was really good (laughs) I can't explain it like it was good, like it was worth the watch and it was great. But I think by that point, I'd already guessed what was going to happen because I'd been through all the scenarios in my head. And then at one point I thought it was going to be the sun that did it. And then I was like, no, this is obviously going in one one way now. But yeah, it was good. I like, I've, I've got a lot of time for Hugh Grant. I think um, he's done a lot of darker characters recently and he, he really suits it, doesn't he? He massively does, considering like... 90s early noughties he was strictly just rom-coms it's weird he's had like a a complete rebranding hasn't it and it definitely works for him Mm -hmm. um we we re-watched about a boy the other day and so good but it blows your mind like how I mean it sounds a bit obvious but like how much he's aged and actually how much yeah he has progressed in his acting because he was so typecast wasn't he as that like 
fumbling Englishman. I think he did um, a show recently. I don't know if it was on like the BBC or something where he went through all of his films. It was like a sort of like an ode to Hugh Grant over the years, and it went through all. It was really, really good. Um, I can't think what it was called, but if you Google it, I'm sure it'll come up. I just love how like self-deprecating he is and like he's he's like the typical British like gent, isn't he? Almost. <laughs> I know he is, definitely. Also, if you rewatch I rewatched Four Weddings and a Funeral um quite a while ago now, like probably about a year ago. But it was the first time I'd seen it since I was probably quite young. It's hilarious. Oh, it's God. so funny. So funny. I love them um, the bit in about a boy as well where they kill that duck. the <laughs> <laughs> it's just exactly the type of humor that I love that film it's so good yeah no it is um so digress from the undoing but giving Hugh Grant a lot of um airtime <laughs> um yeah I love it how our opinions of the undoing were yeah it was okay but Hugh Grant <laughs> it was really good but I just think I would probably would have enjoyed it more if I'd have binge watched it as opposed to waited every week, I was sort of, it was this massive build-up and then I was expecting something really shocking, like a shocking twist, and it wasn't really, was it? It was just... But how twisty and turny um, the storyline kind of made itself out to be, mm. and also the the way it was kind of directed and the story was told to you, it just seemed a bit of a dud That's that that's how it ended. It was a bit like, right, well, you've just kind of led me down the garden path here. Yeah, the... the... The, the only shocking bit, I think I knew the moment where he was like, tried to blame the son. He was like saying to Nicole Kidman, like, oh, well, what if it was him, blah, blah, blah. And then he was like, oh, no, what am I thinking? And I was like, wow, that is really dark, like, character development. Like, the fact yeah. that you know you did it and you're willing to blame your own son. So, it, yeah, his character was very good, I think. But I don't know if it was worth the, <laughs> worth the build up. Do you think that's why they eked it out, though? <laughs> Probably, I don't know. I mean, it was very good. Nicole Kidman's wardrobe was very impressive as well. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. And her hair, her hair was like the old school 90s Nicole Kidman hair. And it was just like... I'd say that she was going through a really stressful time, though. She always looked very, like, ethereal and almost like... a lot. Of, there was a lot of, like, coloured velvet, long ball gown piece. The wardrobe didn't make sense in any way, did it, for the yeah. character? It was very weird. <laughs> when she thinks she's lost her son she looks very bizarre but also appreciated (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think if I've been watching anything else I've got to that point in the year where I feel like I've watched everything like I was really upset when I finished The Sopranos because that was the last thing I felt like I was really into and I didn't want it to end so I've started watching um, Dawson's Creek from the beginning which is a game just like one of those really comforting teenage watches but nothing else to report really (laughs) I love a bit of nostalgia though like you Got, what was it you oh the OC you got heavily into again didn't you so and I think I feel like Dawson's Creek is that same ilk yeah and then um what else did I watch Gilmore Girls I normally rewatch every single year as well so I needed to find like another teenage show and I think Dawson's Creek used to be it used to air in the morning didn't it I think well I only had panels one five for years and I think it used to be on in the morning so I've never watched it in chronological order I used to just watch like random episodes, so it's quite yeah. nice to like actually get a sense of the story. And I forgot that Michelle Williams was in it as well. Like it's quite um it's quite to say they're all supposed to be really young in it, like fifteen, sixteen. It's a very like they're all very intelligent and like switched on. Do you know what I mean? Like not 
how 15 year olds tend to be no, but, like a 50 year old man <laughs> he's like a 50 year old man it's so bizarre but I like it I've got a lot of time for it um, did you ever watch One Tree Hill I did I can hear the theme tune now <laughs> don't make me sing it because I'm a really bad singer <laughs> is it Gavin DeGraw yeah I really want to sing it I'm really trying to stop myself from singing <laughs> Yeah. Uh, just to let you all know, Alice sort of mouthed it to me. <laughs> Chad Michael Murray just ruined lives, didn't he, basically? Wow. <laughs> but I felt the same. Uh, I was thinking this the other day. Chad Michael Murray and Freddie Prince Jr., when I was a teenager, it was like, oh my, <laughs> what a scotcher. But now it's like, ew. Like, you see the sleaziness now, and it's almost like, uh, that's why I like Dawson's Creek I think because none of them are really sleazy the main characters they're very it's quite like um it's quite um a different teenage watch compared to like the OC where it's very like surface level sort of drama um and then I just remember that was it One Tree Hill where there'd always be a bit like a montage where there'd be some like Chad Michael Moore would be walking over a bridge and he'd be talking in like a poem he'd be talking doing like a monologue that was like sometimes when the wind blows we learn things <laughs> oh my god I can't that sounds very one tree hill I remember it being very it was if you were an emo kid which I was the two things went hand in hand very well who else was in one tree hill I'm trying to think now um oh Sophia Bush was yes. in it I was obsessed with her she's so pretty someone else though there was another main female character wasn't there she wasn't one of the well there was Peyton 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 god no curly hair blonde wasn't she yeah Um, yeah oh maybe that'll have to be next on my list (laughs) of course it will be next on your list um shows back when you're sort of like a decade older there's something about it that's really like you kind of go one or two ways you're like oh my god I love this and you get sucked in again or you're like ew <laughs> what was I thinking yeah no definitely well then I still like a lot of the rom-coms that were about when we when we were younger like 10 things I hate about you and she's all that and uh, well, what, a lot of I still love them like they're good films yeah 10 things I hate about you is so good such a great film and hilarious hilarious yeah I just love Heath Ledger in that film. It's like such a heartbreaker. Oh, yeah, who he is. So we put out some uh, questions for you guys. Fe- I mean, we didn't specify that they had to be festive, but we have got a lot of festive ones, haven't we? So I think we're going to break them up into sort of non-festive and festive, and hopefully it'll be interesting in some way. <laughs> Because we thought this was a bit like our Christmas do, and then we thought that was a bit tragic that there was only the two of us at our Christmas do. So we were like, we'll put some questions out to you listeners and <laughs> see what see what came back and kind of I guess it involves everyone then a bit. So we're going with non a non-festive question yeah. to begin with. So as a non-festive question, this one got me thinking a lot. I'm really building it up on. <laughs> Right, if you had to pick one one clothing brand to wear for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh my god. What a question. I mean, I'm tempted to say something like really fancy, like sort of like Mew Mew or something, because yeah. I like the designs. Yeah. And I can't afford them. <laughs> um, but then if I was going to be serious about it, probably something like Arquette, because they're sustainable and... They've got some just like really nice basic pieces that you can mix and match and never really go out of style. 
that'd be my boring answer I guess even though I do love our kit yeah I see I I did the same thing where I was like well maybe I'd pick someone really bougie that I can't afford like Gucci or something yeah. but that's just silliness and then I thought oh maybe someone like Sandro and Marge which are kind of you know again they're still quite expensive but, but they've maybe... got casual and dressy pieces yeah. yeah and they're like you know that if you invest in a piece from Sandro or Marge it 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 goes the distance and a lot of their pieces are quite timeless and yeah, like you said, like you can kind of mix and match with it. Um, high street wise, Arquette is a re- is a really really strong shout actually. Um, just because they've got a bit of everything, haven't they? And they've got brand, they have different brands on there sometimes. And yeah, no, I think Arquette's actually a really strong choice, and I think I might copy you on that. Um, you can't <laughs> <laughs> pick another, um, because it's just got basics, isn't it? Really well made. Arquette or somewhere like Cos, you know, just something really sort of minimal, good, well-made pieces that last. Yeah. But in reality, I'd like to be like head to toe Mew Mew. It depends what the rules are, basically, is what we're saying. Do we have money to burn or, <laughs> yeah, are we being sensible? Uh, somebody asked, what is a song that always gets you up on the dance floor? Oh, that's easy. Maybe. <laughs> no, now I feel like I was too confident in my answer. Um, Paul Simon, you can call me Al. Every time. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. It's a classic. <laughs> my, be- my best friend used to sing that because when she'd be saying Al, she'd mean me. <laughs> so that was like our song. Um, I'm just looking at my um playlist for some inspiration I'm trying to think I guess anything like 60s or like when Stevie Wonder comes on or anything like that something that's got like a really good like beat to it yeah and equally like S Club 7 will get me up on the dance floor <laughs> I was just about to say or like something quite cheesy as well like, like the Spice Girls will get me up on the dance floor Avril Lavigne like without a doubt I'm off the chair <laughs> um uh, Whitney Houston as well like I want to dance with somebody something that's just a bit kind of like woo <laughs> anything that you can like Shout to is normally good, isn't it? Like Beyonce, a lot of Beyonce songs. Yeah. Uh, Franklin. Any of the dirty dancing songs? Yeah. Strong shout. Did you ever used to go to um the power ballads night in Manchester? No, I don't think I did. Oh. I saw it advertised a lot, but I never did. Honestly, one of the most invigorating nights out you'd ever go on. Like remember speaking like shit and you'd leave and you'd be like, Yes, <laughs> simply the best Tina. Like share, share is a good shout for the dance. Yeah. To be honest, at this point in the year, I'd get up off the dance floor for like the saddest song in the world. <laughs> I'd get up for anything. Um, do you remember that night in Manchester? Was it Absolute Shite? Was it called? Was that the Ritz? I can't remember. But I, I remember going to it once, and it was like all the guilty pleasure songs. You know, like all the ones that shouldn't be good, but they are. Like I could do. <laughs> that you actually need because I you go to like indie nights in Manchester like I did when I was in my youth but actually you know it's the trashy ones that get you up dancing and that like I used to go to was it Poptastic which was like um it was in the gay village and it was just like again it was like Britney Spears kind of kind of vibe but brilliant I remember going to Pop World in Liverpool did you ever go there yes they had the cutout of what band was it was it like hearsay or something you could put your head through <laughs> to get the same picture so funny now that we don't go on nights out anymore even prior to lockdown because we've only been able to recollect things from our student days 
sad that we're getting to that age now. Saying this the other day, like I feel like in some ways, like the best nights of, not that the best nights out have already been, but like it's, there's nothing quite the same as being sort of young and foolish. Yeah, <laughs> like you just don't care as much, do you? There's just something quite fun about that. At me and um, my uh, one of my best pals, Emma, were talking about this. We both worked in Selfridges at the same time on different concessions, and we were saying like it was like the best times and the worst times because like we were working full time, but we'd go out like wait a lot and then just roll into work the next day and feel gross but still manage manage to do a full day's work now if I tried to do that you now I would be hospitalized I have like three day hangovers like it's no joke no it's awful it's a really horrible place to be so uh, non-festive questions um do you know the rest of mine have kind of got a a, a fozy a fozy a- <laughs> A festive theme. One which is quite cute, which is kind of festive, but also just a little bit wintry, is if you had to pick cosy dressing or party dressing. What, for the rest of time or just for Christmas Day or? Let's say for December. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really hard. Because to be honest, I'm not I'm not really a dead dressy person. Most of what I class as like dressing up is just putting on some different shoes and a handbag and lipstick and hoping nobody notices. <laughs> Yeah, a red lip changes everything. But I do love, I do miss getting ready and that excitement of like getting ready for something and putting on make, makeup for a specific occasion. Like even if it's just a meal and drinks, um, I don't know, there is something nice about that. So I think I'd have to go with dressy because it's more fun, isn't it? Like loungewear is nice to an extent, but. Yeah, I actually might go the other way and say cosy dressing. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you lost me a party. Um. No, I think I'm not, well, it's hard because I'm the same as you. Like, I'm not much of a party dresser. I've never been a heel wearer. Um, But if I'm excited about a party look, I'm really excited about it. So that's a bit of a game changer. But ultimately, cosy cosy dressing is just, oh, heavenly, isn't it? It is. But I just think if for December, come on. This is like a proper debate. Like we're on a you debate. Use those nice dresses up sometime of the year. I've seen them all. <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, like you posted a story of us from last December at a like a, like a press party, yeah. and I was read. I was looking at it for too long because I was like, what we were wearing, yeah, and just like wow. Oh, I've got one last um, non-festive, non-festive question, and somebody asked. What are your favorite? This is a really hard one. What are your favorite books and films of all time? That is that's difficult, isn't it? That is. Uh, can we have more than one of each? Yeah, just reel off a few and maybe give reasons for like a couple of the favorites. Okay, are you going to go first? Should we do books or films first? Should we do? Oh, honestly, that's made that scrambled my head a bit. Let's go with films first. Um, I'd say Lost in Translation. Right. Um, I like, we're both Sophia Coppola fans, aren't we? Um, and that's just one of those films that always makes me feel nice after I watch it. Just love Bill. National Treasure. as well. Um, not a national treasure. What would you call it? Because he's American. Oh, just a... Treasure. Um, then I'd say... I'd probably have to just go with a couple that really remind me of my childhood, like Mermaids 
um, and um, Mrs Doubtfire because it was the film, one of the films that we had on video on VHS that we would just rewatch every weekend, and it just. I just love Robin Williams. He just makes me happy. Yeah. And he's gone too soon. So I feel like it makes films like that a bit even more. You treasure them even more now. Uh, and my, not to lower the tone, but like my parents sort of like divorced around the time that we started watching it a lot. So it was almost like uh, like that film in a way sort of like got me through that time. Like we'd rewatch it all together, like me and my brother and sister. And it was sort of like one of those films that really just like spoke to us. yeah I get that completely because when you're younger the majority of the films you watch depict you know families which are together which I'm with you when you're from a single parent family or you know I don't want to say broken family because it's not a broken family but (laughs) when your mum and dad are split up it's yeah Yeah. there aren't very many films that depict that so I get that yeah just a heart it's a real heartwarming film isn't it like yeah any other films um I mean, I think we're similar in the fact that we're both big film buffs. So I watch so many films every year that it would be so hard for me. I'd have to do it by genre and take it like really seriously. I was thinking that. I'm not going to lie. I've started to write some down like, well, I go with this one. Well, if you're talking thrillers then, <laughs> but if you're talking Disney, <laughs> yeah, there's just, there's too many. Yeah. I'd, there's I'd... like cult films, like there's so many different categories, like french films like there's there's just too many so yeah i'll just go with those ones because they're the ones that came to my head the quickest okay i would say the graduate is in there that's a good one yeah and just makes me it's one of those films that i can just i watch continually over and over and just make me feel warm and fuzzy and lovely and then i'd go with i love submarine as well what a great choice great soundtrack as well great indie choice (laughs) that's a good choice yeah um and what else would I get it's so hard if I was going for something that's just kind of like really light-hearted and easy um I'd obviously go with Dirty Dancing it is no uh secret that I love Dirty Dancing so I'd have to put that in there or When Harry Met Sally as well yeah, they'd be up there for me I think I've just loads have just come into my head now as well I've just remembered how have we forgot about Notting Hill great <laughs> woman as well actually if we're going to start talking about Julia Roberts yeah Love um, would be up there for me and then I obviously love Wes Anderson films Life Aquatic's my favourite um I love a lot of Studio Ghibli films so Spirited Away I've never watched that, you know, me and Sam keep meaning to watch it because a lot of them are on Netflix now, aren't they? Yeah. Um, but I've never watched it. I've only ever seen clips. Spirited Away is such, without sounding like a complete film arsehole, it's just such like a piece of artwork. Like it's just mm-hmm. a, re- it's again, it's one of those films like Graduate, which I can just put on on a rainy, miserable day and it just make me feel like fuzzy and cosy. You know, you know how like, when Harry Met Sally is basically autumn in a film. Yeah. I kind of feel like Graduate and Spirited Away have that same vibe. That makes sense. So now I'm thinking because there's those like 60s films as well. I know. Oh, well, I get, yeah. Like a hit, there's a lot of Hitchcock films. There's so many categories. Like we, we could do a whole podcast episode on this. Okay, do books. Tell me your favourite book. Books. Um, I'd have to go with Joe Didion. So probably... A year of magical thinking because it's one of the 
probably one of the only books that I've read about grief that depicts it in like a way that's like really honest and raw and doesn't make you feel depressed after you read it somehow it's just a really beautiful book she's just got away with words in general um and then an amazing lady yeah and then more light-hearted well kind of light-hearted but not just kids by patty smith is probably one of the first books that i read that i was like oh my god this speaks to me just because I was just I just love reading about the um New York scene in like the sixties, seventies. It's just like a cool book to read, but it's really well written as well. Yeah, um, I read it. Oh, really? No. I know what you mean though, because it's one of those books that's like very hyped up, sort of like Jack Kerouac on the road and then you sort of think, Oh, I'm not reading that. You know, like sort of catcher in the rye type of Yeah. I mean it's not as classic as that obviously, but it's one of those yeah, books but it that, is it's cult. It's got a yeah. cult following. Um and then I'd say The Virgin Suicide, you know, by Jeffrey, is Jeffrey Eugene's. Great choice. Which I, I love the film as well, but the book is better than the film, I would say. Um, and yeah, it was just one of those books that I flew through. And it's just really interesting because it's told from the perspective of like teenage boys, isn't it? Which is something I will never be. <laughs> so I just remember reading that, reading that and really, really loving that. I've not read it for years, though. No, and it's do you know what? That's one of those books that I've actually read a few times as well. But when I was um, sort of a late teenager, um, and it's one of those books you get really engrossed in as well, isn't it? And then the film came out, and it all just was kind of like a, I don't know, it, it's like a lifestyle, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I was going to say Lolita, but we've spoken about our thoughts on Lolita, haven't we? Before? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, we really did. Went to town with that one, didn't we? They're the ones that come to mind anyway. What about you? Um, books. So I'd say um, of all time, I love Atonement by Ian McEwan. Um, just a really, really beautiful book. And another one of those ones, actually, same, same ilk as Virgin Suicide, where I read the book. I was very, very obsessed with the book and very emotionally invested in it. And then the film came out. And so that only kind of... Um, like solidified my love for that book um, and film as well I would I put that away there with my film favorite films the just the oh, Keira Knightley's wardrobe in that film just makes me um, dress the green dress just their love their their just love for each other <laughs> she jumps out of the fountain and then there's a scene of her running and her dress is drying as she's running and I was just like that never happens but I want to live in a world where that happens <laughs> Great for Manchester <laughs> um, and then I really love um, The Five People You Meet in Heaven by Mitch Album. Um, it's just a it's a really beautiful story, again, which deals with grief and loss and growing old and, you know, the impressions that you or the way you affect other people's lives and the way your life takes a certain turn um and it's also got one of the greatest first page like first few lines of any book I've ever read so even if you don't read the whole book just read the first few pages because they're really it's like a very beautiful sentence so there you go (laughs) any more Um, and then I really love Sally Rooney but I feel like it's really. I, know what you mean. I was going to say that, but then I was like, mm, "Favorites a big claim, isn't it?" I, th- I feel like sometimes with your favorites, you have to pick something that really st- stands the test of time. And because that came out quite recently, I'm sort of like, "Ask me again in ten years, and then we'll yeah, see if we'll still." Yeah, 
Yeah, because I feel that the girls as well by Emma Klein, um, which is kind of about the Manson family, um, and that really affected me and stayed with me. But again, it feels like I only I read that what like four four years ago, so I feel like is it a true favorite yet? I'd say in terms of classics, Wuthering Heights is a great one. Wow, really enjoyed Wuthering Heights more than I ever enjoyed like Pride and Prejudice or any like period ones like that um but Pride and Prejudice is a great book as well but yeah I'd say Wuthering Heights if we're going like classic yeah like super super classic um what about you you got any favorite classics or um not not per se not like like I read like my mum is um my mum like re rereads Jane Austen religiously um and so it's always kind of been a part of my life. And like I read it when I was, my mum kind of got me into reading by lending me her books, which is quite sweet. So she started me off on things like Enid Blyton when I was like super young and then gradually I worked my way up. Um, so I, I always feel like it's always something I've had on my list to go, to, to go back on and reread. Yeah. Pride and Prejudice, um, Sense and Sensibility, oh. you know, books which I feel like maybe now I'd appreciate them a lot more more yeah there are just a lot of like reading about the scenery aren't they like very sort of bulked out on like the scenery and the room yeah. <laughs> as opposed to like sort of action <laughs> yeah but now like I feel like I would enjoy the quips a lot more yeah like and the humor of it maybe same with Oscar Wilde like yeah. I I feel, I feel like I started reading Oscar Wilde books maybe when I was a bit later in sort of late teens 20s like I read Dorian Gray and I feel like maybe I wasn't the right age to read it (laughs) because I feel like now I'd appreciate it more maybe should we move on to some festive questions yes opinions on Yorkshire puddings on Christmas dinner and Tilda Watts who asked this question said it's 100% a yes from her uh I just think why not there's no rules (laughs) I'd say never had it but willing to try I mean we're not like you can't ask northern girls that though because I think we're obviously going to say just what I would say is there's a lot of other stuff going on so I don't think you I'd say for me the Yorkshire pudding is like a bulking agent isn't it it's almost like you don't really need that on with with a Christmas dinner because there's a lot of other stuff I'd probably rather eat more of um so in terms of like occupying stomach space (laughs) I'd rather have more of the other stuff than a Yorkshire pudding because they just yeah but why not if you want to have a Yorkshire pudding you have 10 Yorkshire puddings like yeah there are no there's nothing holding anyone back at this stage also great for dipping into (laughs) great great for dipping into gravy as well yeah I like putting all this stuff inside yes do you know I sometimes make um uh really large Yorkshire pudding and mm. then we have like steak in it yeah good that isn't it anyway <laughs> oh my mouth's like water <laughs> this is quite a nice one um do you have any Christmas traditions a must have on your dinner plate or a film that you always watch so any Christmas traditions basically um it's kind of it's a weird one isn't it I think as you grow up some traditions just kind of don't don't last not just because you're older like um was there anything that like you'd just automatically expect every year as a child because I know what you mean I think 
we're at that age now where until we have our own sort of families things change every year and like yeah and when tell you what when I was younger um new so Christmas Eve we used to always go to my nana's house um and we'd have like dinner with my dad um and then we'd have dinner with my mum the next day and so every Christmas Eve this is quite a tragic story so every Christmas Eve we would um put on like a, a Christmas play Mm-hmm. one of four girls and then there was also my cousin um and it would change every year so like some years some years you know we did like the nativity other years we did like dance routines to phil specter's a christmas gift for you but then as they i'm the youngest so as everyone started growing up like the numbers dwindled to the last year I did it it was just me on my own doing dance routines oh. to the spice girls that's really cute though i miss that element as well because i've i've quite a lot of cousins and when we were all younger that was a kind of nice thing about Christmas in terms of traditions my grandma would do I don't know if other people do this as well but like have she'd always have a Christmas pudding and light it but she'd put like she'd wrap up in foil coins like two pound coin one pound coin 50p and that's something that always just like we've tried to like carry on each year um that was something that was like quite special, even though I didn't really like Christmas pudding. So I just pick out the two pounds and then be gone. <laughs> um, that's quite cute, though. Yeah. And that's like that's proper. That's a proper t- tradition as well, yeah. isn't it? And then when we all used to stay at my grandma's house, we'd do charades, charades, charades. You can say either, can't you? I don't like on and scone. <laughs> yeah. Um, which was quite nice. I always hated doing it because I was just so shy. Um, I thought you were going to say shite. <laughs> yeah, that as well. Everyone's like, what? I'd pick like the easiest thing and everyone's like, no, sorry, we're not getting it. Um, so that was quite fun. And just like, yeah, my, we'd raid, my grandma would have this dressing up box as well. So we'd always like raid that and dress up and put on little shows. But yeah, just little things like that, really. I don't really have any, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to sort of like, I, I guess like me and Sam should have a tradition, but... Not really That's what I was just thinking. I feel awful because I feel like me and Joe don't really have like. You probably will without realizing it. Do you know what I mean? It's like things that you do, but you don't necessarily know that you're doing it every year. Yeah, because do you know what actually? Because Joe said the other day, he said he always feels that Christmassy every year when I'm in the front room wrapping presents and I always put like a Christmas album on and have a Bailey's definitely turning into my mum and he says that makes him feel Christmassy hearing me do that in the next room so I don't know does that it's not really a tradition though like you got you got to wrap presents no but it's a very like atmospheric sort of thing isn't it like a lot of feeling festive relies on stuff like that yeah and um, it's probably when the roses are cracked out not the roses the quality street controversial but what are you... <laughs> that was actually one of the next questions <laughs> what's your favorite Christmas chocolate Christmas chocolate. I'm a little bit obsessed with these biscuits from Aldi at the minute, which are like these like German gingery soft mm-hmm. biscuits. Oh my god, no! It's actually got a little bit um bit worried about how much I am eating them because they're almost like a cake, and I'm eating them like they're a small. Oh, I think you. Were, <laughs> I thought you were going to describe them as sort of like brandy snap type situation. Oh, they're like soft cakey, like a um, bit cinnamony. Um, I would try and pronounce what they're called, but it's a strain. It's like uh, not something that I'm willing to try and pronounce. I am not German. <laughs> yeah, I basically would. Yeah, I feel like it would be offensive to Germans if I tried to say it. Um, but it's just like got a real Christmassy taste to it. 
and so I'm eating a lot of them at the minute and then I'm a big celebrations fan mm, celebrations but there's just something about the wrappers of like quality streets that look very Christmassy yeah that's true that is true um but if I had to choose between quality street and roses I'd choose roses would you I can't think what are roses cho- what are the flavors with roses um so there's like why I feel like I've been born <laughs> I feel like I can't think of any roses flavors there's strawberry. I was gonna say strawberry. walnut whip kind of flavor. Um, what else is there? There's um, oh, just buy a packet and check for yourself. <laughs> Sounds like you're a real big fan. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you testing my memory? No one said I was Mrs. Rose. <laughs> okay, so yeah, because the next one I had was favorite Christmas memories, but I guess that goes with that goes with a favorite Christmas tradition, doesn't it? Your favorite Christmas memory. So, oh, I've got a good one. But I don't know if this one's a bit mean. It doesn't have to be. Okay. What's the strangest gift you've ever received? Oh, I don't really have anything that stands out. It's ever really I've been given like a bad gift. I mean, I think I've been given like the odd, the odd, odd, the odd. (laughs) I think I've been given the odd dodgy scarf by like a distant auntie somewhere. Um, but that's about it, really. I don't think I've ever been given anything that's, like, horrific that sort of sticks out in my head. I don't know of you. I once... Oh, no, I do have one. But first of all, when I was younger, when I was probably about four, my sister took me to um, Father Christmas at um, Arndale, at uh, the Arndale Centre. Mm. And he gave me a mathematics book and I was four. And it was, like, a proper, like... <laughs> comprehensive like GCSE level maths book so that was a bit strange um but you were just like gee thanks (laughs) I'm like wow Um, but I'll never forget this when I was um about I must have I was in year seven so what's that like 11 12 yeah I will have been 11 because I wouldn't have turned 12 yet um and I had secret Santa at school and do you remember Tammy girl used to do like really inappropriate underwear but also probably clothes for for children yeah and I whoever I won't I won't mention the person but they gave me uh they had me as their secret Santa and I opened it up and it was a thong which said on it some will some won't but I might and my mum went mental she was like why is this for an 11 year old this was like a female member of your family no no it was like school like I did it oh, with like right. yeah I you did it and I was like oh this is going taking a dark turn <laughs> I'm so with my school I should explain that with my schoolmates and we I think we like we had like four pounds like yeah. not even four pounds like two pounds spending each other and yeah I got a thong that said some will some won't but I might on it which in hindsight <laughs> yes is not appropriate for an 11 year old girl person. <laughs> person. no I can't I can't really think of anything that stands out like that um no I think I've always been people tend to ask me I think I'm quite a difficult person to buy for maybe so people are always like what do you want so then it doesn't tend to go too wrong but I must have had some like weird presents as a kid oh god I do remember one Christmas actually it was like one of my aunties I don't even know if I should say that but she probably doesn't listen to this podcast (laughs) Uh, she bought me this like metallic puffer jacket that doesn't sound too bad when you describe it but like the sleeves zipped off so it could also be a gilet but um, it's like this very early noughties I know it sounds similar to some of the things I still wear but it's like it was the metallicness of it that was just so bad it was like bright 
bright red metallic like I, I looked I like you didn't mention it was red before you just said metallic in which case I was like that's perfect for but you know like the tackiest red you can imagine metallic it might have even had like a fur trim hood it was it looked like virgin on fancy dress like mrs claus or something it was it was not good not a great and to say that i wasn't a very um <laughs> Let's just say I wasn't the best looking child. <laughs> Last thing no. is put me in a metallic red jacket. <laughs> it was child abuse. <laughs> I feel like that about some things that like that I was put in when I was younger. No, 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 actually, I like some of the outfits. Some of them I'd still wear. But then as I, as I was like 10, 11, and maybe I was starting to make decisions on my own, I just wish my mum would push back on me a little bit. Yeah, there is always that awkward <laughs> phase where you're sort of figuring stuff out and you're like, look back and you're like, oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay, next question. The only one that I really have left is your favourite, a bit of a random one, your favourite Christmas lipstick. I'll say the only real lipstick I would class as Christmas lipstick would be red lipstick so if I had to pick my favorite red lipstick Charlotte Tilbury Red Hot Susan oh I'm right on I'm right on your coat tails is that saying page um, <laughs> page what um Charlotte Tilbury so Marilyn or if not so Mar- Marilyn tell Laura have you tried Red Hot Susan before no, but it's... I feel like it would be your favourite. It's like it's like the perfect red-orange. You know, like... It, then so's Tell Laura. Is it? Oh, yeah. I haven't heard of that one. I wonder if they must be similar then. Tell Laura is, more, I'd say, more of an orange-red. Like, it's maybe it's too... It's almost or, more orange than it is red. Mm. They're very flattering. I love Charlotte Tilbury lipsticks. But, yeah, that's what I'd class as a Christmas lipstick anyway, red lipstick. Um, I've got a cute one, and I think we'll have the same answer for this. What's your, what's your go-to festive drink? I want you to say what I think you're going to say. But well, I, I feel like you're going to say Bailey's. Yeah, maybe I would after. Yeah, what I do. Well, no, actually, this is our go-to drink, but it's also a festive drink. What? Di Serrano. Amaretto. Yeah. Is that what you're going to say? Yeah. Yeah, it is a festive drink. Because, but then I, I feel like since I met you, I started to drink it more just casually. Like, other times of the year but I did always associate it with like Christmas with cranberry juice that's like now I think about it that's really festive isn't it festive yeah but I like I mean I I do like Bailey's but I can't drink a lot of it it's quite sickly no you can't have too much it's really deceiving as well on like well I'm a lightweight so I was about to say it's really deceiving on how much it can actually get you drunk because it tastes like pudding doesn't it so you're like "Mm, this is like milkshake and then before you know it you're blind in one Also, after watching The Queen's Gambit, I really want to start drinking gimlets. (laughs) What is a gimlet? It's quite a strong cocktail. It's like, um, we went, we funnily enough, before there was the tier three restrictions in Manchester, um, I went out for Joe's birthday, like for a fancy little meal. Yeah. And they had gimlets on the menu. So I was like thinking that was this super cool 60s babe ordered one and it's really strong <laughs> what what alcohol is it it is it's just gin and lime juice basically what's the one that's got um whiskey in it and we had it at an event because i like those and they, they've always got orange peel in them oh an old-fashioned an old-fashioned i do like that at christmas sometimes if it's not too strong sometimes they can be like knock your socks off or a or, sour um, as well a sour yeah or 
um, what's it called? A Negroni. Ooh, ah, oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> Ooh. that's festive. That's very festive. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Anything that's like orangey, but then, yeah, anything gin as well. Speaking of like favourite drinks and that kind of questions, I feel like I got a lot of like, what's your favourite festive song or what's your favourite festive film? So why don't we just do that? So what's your favourite festive song? What's your favourite festive film? Favourite festive I'll start with favourite festive film. I'd have to say it's Love Actually. And I have this weird thing with Love Actually where I have to save it. So I've still not watched it. And I have to save it. It's like a weird tick or something. It's like the very last one I have to watch. Normally like on Christmas Eve or like, it's, there's something about it that like, that's the that's like the Christmas is coming <laughs> tomorrow. Um, thank you so much for saying that because so me and Joe have been watching a lot of festive films. Yeah. and. Home Alone and Love Actually, he suggested, and he laughed at me because I said, no, they're for the week of Christmas. And he was like, that's a really weird rule to have. And I was like, it's not. They're both films that you need. They're like official Christmas films. Yeah. They're not run up to Christmas films. No. Like Sam, Sam said it the other day. He was like, oh, should we watch, should we watch um, Love Actually? And I'm like, no. It's like, that's, that's like God tier. So you've got to save it. Like any other film I'm kind of like, I watch all the sort of like comedy ones to get me in the mood, you know, like Elf. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Santa Claus films are quite funny, you know, things like that. So the silly ones. But then that's like my, that gives me a real like, oh, it's like festive. Yeah. And I'd, I'd, I'd even put um, Scrooge in there as well uh, as like a week of Christmas film to watch. And what's the other one? Like Polar Express as well. I can only watch them. Right Something I've seen it. We need to watch it. So Christmassy. Um, Scrooge with Bill Murray. Yeah. We used to watch that when I was younger, so maybe that's a good one for Christmas traditions as well. Like, that's kind of one of those films. Do you know what film I watched the other day, which is, like, under-the-radar under Christmas film? Uh, Batman Returns. Oh, my God. Oh, I've got a whole thing with Batman. I've still not watched, like, the one that um, Heath Ledger was in and loads of them. Okay, not the- Do you know what it is? There's something about a grown man in a Batman costume going around. I, I don't, it's it, it now. It's, it's Michelle Pfeiffer is smoking in Batman. Batman but no, I just, I feel like Batman's a bit of a brat. He's like this rich kid going around in his big fast car and his Batman costume. I'm like, no. <laughs> He, it's it's a, a tale of redemption. His family were killed by thieves. And <laughs> mm. um, it doesn't get to me in the same way that Spider Man does. Spider Man, I got a lot of time for because I'm like, no, you're like down to earth. Like Batman's like. Do you know what? I could have predicted that you would like Spider Man over Batman. <laughs> Why? What makes me a Spider Man girl? <laughs> like he's a bit. He's kind of got that whole that like, he's a bit geeky, but he's kind of like. He lives in New York. He's a bit kind of like, yeah. I was like, no. Um, Do you know what I watched the other day as well? Which, um, again, another kind of like forgotten Christmas film. While you were sleeping. I can't remember that film, but I know the name of it. Sandra Bullock, 90s. She um, saves a guy um, who falls onto a train track. He goes into a coma. She pretends to be his wife. She's not his wife. 
Yes, I do remember that film. Oh my God, what a throwback. Okay. I might have to put that on my list to watch, actually. Yeah, no, it's like, I watched it for the first time since I was very young the other day and I was like, oh my God, this is underrated. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of my favourite Christmas song. <clears throat> I like a lot, I, quite, I like quite a lot of Christmas music and there's also like Christmas songs that aren't necessarily like in your face Christmas, but make me feel festive like, um Joni Mitchell River that makes me feel festive when I hear that but then as far as like big Christmas sort of you know you hear it in a shopping center and you're like "Ooh, Christmas (laughs) as far as that goes probably I'd have to say um Darlene Love is it oh yeah baby please come home that one I love that song yeah it's like the build-up to it Christmas yeah Um, Yeah. sorry everyone (laughs) (laughs) I like Paul McCartney. Simply. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's definitely up there for me. I also like a bit of Shaking Stevens. The She and Him Christmas album. That's a great one as well. That's cute. Oh, and Slow Club Christmas TV. I always I listen to that every year. Yeah, that's a great one. Um, I'm just having a look. I made um, a playlist a couple of years ago and it's like one of my best playlist that I've ever done and it's a Christmas one <laughs> I'm just trying to see if there's any that stick out to me Blue Christmas Elvis Presley is a great one yeah so when we were younger my mum is uh like a very serious northern solar um Motown lover and that's basically what we grew up on so when we were younger we at Christmas we were kind of like not only allowed but the only Christmas album we listened to was the Phil Spector Christmas gift for you which which is where the Darling Love song comes from but now like it is like I still listen to that album but also Phil Spector is not okay to listen to (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think of any other Christmas songs I'm trying to think of like a really cheesy one what's the boy band one with all the snow, E17. Um, God, this this um, playlist that I've done is very eclectic. But yeah, I think they were my favourite ones. Oh, Elton John, Step Into Christmas. That's a classic, oh, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, that's a really good shout. Yeah, I think that's... Oh, Eight Days of Christmas, Destiny's Child. Absolute classic. <laughs> <laughs> Never thought you would have said that. Although I really like the Britney Spears Christmas song. Wait, oh, how does that go again? Is it her own song or is it? Can you hear oh, me? Right. Yeah. Oh my god, Mariah Carey! I cry at that whenever I hear that. It is really good. I love the video to that as well. You know, she's got that red ski suit on and she's like in the snow. Like that's how you imagine Christmas to be, and it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Have you got any other festive questions you'd like to add to the part? Or do you think we've done a good roundup? I think we've done a good round. We've covered a lot of ground there, I think. Have we made you all feel festive? Probably not. <laughs> okay, I think for you, like a quiz question. <laughs> can you name all the um the reindeer names? Because I don't think I can. Donna <laughs> Dasher, Blitzen, Glitzen. Donna Dasher, Glitzen, Blitzen. No, wait, Donna Dasher. Is there seven? Yes, There's eight, isn't there? Did you know that Rudolph isn't? one of the OG reindeers and his copyright because he was a cartoon that came out in like the 1950s what yeah so you can't use the term if you were to make like a a film or a a song about Rudolph you just can't because he's copyright 
who even came up with reindeers and their names like why do we all know these reindeer <laughs> names but like what <laughs> can you give me their names please so it's dasher prancer vixen comet that's the that's my favorite one i think <laughs> i don't know what I just kept saying the same ones over again. Donna and Dasher. <laughs> even... um, Cupid, Donna, Blitzen. Blitzen and Vixen. That's where I get confused. And Rudolph. Right. So on that note. <laughs> like a fail. Um, um, on that note, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. <laughs> um, I guess we should say we should wrap it up, shouldn't we, before it becomes about three hours long. Um, thank you so much for listening to this series of On the Outskirts. Um. I hope we have given you some form of festive cheer or if not festive cheer, just a bit of lockdown cheer over the last um, few months. And that's about it. I don't like to do too emotional. So I don't like (laughs) So Merry Christmas. Yeah. And I guess what a year it's been. Um, So thank you for like listening along and supporting us, like sending us messages and stuff. Sorry, we haven't always been consistent as as consistent as we'd like to be. Um, But hopefully we've provided a bit of like company for you. Um, And yeah, we hope you'll have a wonderful Christmas and New Year. And we'll hopefully see you again soon at some point in the future. I'm being very vague. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, bye. (laughs) Bye, guys. Merry Christmas. (laughs)